Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all of the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we are here today for Nasty November. It's back. It is, yes. It's back. And so far we haven't, we still haven't, we've got a lineup planned for this month, but we haven't found a really trashy one yet. No? Maybe last year, but this year we're safe. From what? From trash. Aren't we? Well, I probably shouldn't be telling the listeners of Horror Court They're trash. They're all a little trashy, though, aren't they? You have to be a little bit trashy to get on the video nasties list. Well, this year, we thought we would uh, bring... After that professional intro. We thought we would bring along some special guests for the whole of this month. Because we thought, if you know what, if we have to sit through this shit, then so do other people. <laughs> but, you know, we've started up on a high... I mean, when I say a high, one of the greatest horror films ever made is, is quite the high. Uh, and also with our guests as well, because joining us for this episode is a local nerd who has a fantastic Instagram profile dedicated entirely to pairing a wide range of great movies with great beers. He's described himself as Artas on the streets and Grindhouse in the sheets, a term I wish I had thought of before him. It's George from Tipsy Flicks. Hello. Good to be here. You are the very first guest to record in our film room. A glorious film room at that. Brag to the listeners. Tell them what it's like. No, it's it's. <laughs> you know what? We, we 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 probably would have recorded, started recording, a hell of a lot earlier if we uh, had it just been in here, <laughs> sitting looking at movies and movie posters and paraphernalia all day. But the rest of our guests. I'm are not complaining. So I'm not complaining at all. I mean. I might, be t- I might take a few photos with it. Uh, <laughs> is that allowed? Yeah, yeah, go I didn't for see it. No Sneaky behind the scenes look. Uh, so what led to the beer and movie pairing idea? Um, do you remember that thing that happened a couple years ago? Um, you might have missed it. Uh, lockdown. Never heard of it. We were all... So I had to just sit at home. Um, I wasn't working. Um, and I spent a lot of time watching movies and drinking fancy beers. And it became fun for me to start pairing with. The first one I ever did was I watched The Fly. We've all seen The Fly. Nice. And nice. The, the famous bit where he uh, liquefies a donut so he can eat it. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to drink a liquid donut beer as he's having to drink his that liquid donut That is some great inspiration beer. right there. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously the Instagram collectors community has so many great profiles and it's nice to have a community out there where I, I mean, where I speak for myself, where I feel at home because it's something that obviously I didn't have when I was younger and I was just a weirdo who collected loads of horror films. Um, and honestly, your profile is one that stood out to me because I was like, oh, that is such a fantastic idea. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, keep there keep is doing a, what you're doing. There's a great community out there. Is yeah. There? I think we really need people yes. through the Instagram film community. Absolutely. It's reassuring to know that other people a little too much money time on Blu-rays. <laughs> yeah, too much money on Blu-rays and too much time not watching them yeah. on Instagram. You, you never feel bad when someone else is uh, got just way more than you have. <laughs> and hopefully that'll make our listeners feel at home as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's your favourite pairing you've done so far? Oh. I mean, I was very proud of the fly one. Have we topped it? Um peak too early i think i might have peaked too early i'm now desperately trying to think of other pairings i do drink beer while i do them so um i've actually drawn a blank i'm really sorry 
I should have pre-warned her about that question. <laughs> maybe I, I did think maybe... Do you know what? I'm desperately trying because I was so pleased. I was so pleased last year when um, this Evil Dead series came out. And I, because I, last year, because we haven't introduced the film yet. <laughs> what a way to introduce it. Uh, last year, uh, Rivington Brewery did this series called Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 and army of darkness it was three beers i thought great i'm gonna get all three and i'm gonna back to back the evil dead movies and it was a great time nice. i had a lot of fun with it um i mean a lot of the beers like breweries hand it to me on a plate a lot of the time yeah like they do a beer um the sure shot brewery in manchester have uh, just released a beer called um who's afraid of jeff and on the front of it, it's Jeff Goldblum in a, oh, in a fly's nice. eye. And it's like, well, you're, just, you're making it too easy for me. When a brewery gives me a beer called Oh Hi Mark, there's only one way of really going yeah. about it. No. Um, it's things like um, like the fly when I find a moment with a donut and I pair a flavour. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones I'm more proud of yeah. than yeah, yeah, the ones that yeah. are handed to me. Do you find you watch movies now when you think of flavours to go with the movies? hundred percent yeah hundred percent it's kind of like you see um recently like uh terrifier 2 came out okay and i think there's a murder with a lollipop in it and you go right lollipop <laughs> try and find a beer that's flaming off a lollipop nice so if i gave you a movie for but, but. Uh, yeah <laughs> oh, sorry. sex in the city 2 sex in the city 2 <laughs> What flavour would you say is Sex in the City 2? Sex in the City 2, you're blatantly going for a Cosmo, right? Hey! I mean, there was a, a series of beers done recently, which were all after um, cocktails. There was a margarita one. There was a, I mean, another one I did was um, White Russian. They did a White Russian beer, oh, so nice. you go with a Big Lebowski. Yeah, Sex in the City, you're going yeah. for a Cosmo all day, every day, yeah. surely. It was yeah. slice of racis- uh, racism. Well, in sex and the- city too, yeah. Sex and the city, just a little bit of racism. <laughs> uh, do you have... I'm terrible how to put you on the spot again. Do you have a favourite video nasty? Um, I mean, it has to be the Evil Dead, doesn't it? That's like, we, uh, fantastic. I was hoping we, you'd say that. We, like, <laughs> when you sent me the list, when you asked me to be a guest on this podcast and you sent me the list, I ummed and aahed so much. And I, you get imposter syndrome, you're like, I really qualified to talk about the Evil Dead, but you, you gave me first pick, and I just yeah. You got you, like if you're given an opportunity to talk about the Evil Dead, then surely honourable mentions. The other two, um, which I'd say, and it what you, I don't think you gave it me on the list to talk about was is zombie flesh. Yeah, so we've done that one because you've yeah. already done it. Yeah, it's got it's got a zombie fighting a shark. Exactly, like, top exactly. tier, top tier. Um, and the other one uh, which you are talking about. Blood, uh, blood feast those were the two hours kind of considering i do love blood feast yeah when we decided on having guests and we were sending the list out of what we haven't discussed yet i was like okay out of all the guests someone is going to pick evil dead someone is uh and of course you, you were I, the first i, I, first sn- round. I snapped you it got it straight it? away um so i, I do uh, apologize to our later guests who had to you know set all stuff like dead and buried um, and Kelly, no, I can only apologize. Dead and Buried. No, Dead and Buried's great. Dead and I have, I have. Dead and Buried's great. It is a good film. It That's is a good film. Harsh, I know. It's a joke. It's a joke. Oh. You know, it's what we do on this podcast. Try and be funny. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, we are doing the Evil Dead released in 1981. And one final question for you, George. What is your history? And I'm going to be asking you two next, Chris, so think about it. Ooh. What is your history with the Evil Dead and the franchise as a whole? Um, I think the first time I saw the Evil Dead... I was far, far too young. I cannot tell you how old I was, but I imagine I'm not the only person who's going to say I was far too young (laughs) to be watching Evil Dead. Um, Late at night when my parents weren't home, which is, again, I'm probably not the only person to have that experience. And yeah, it ruined, it ruined my night. Um, And then I can't remember when I watched Evil Dead 2. I probably watched them both about the same time. I know my dad had a copy of both of those growing up. So when he was out one night, uh, as the franchise as a whole, um, I came to the third instalment a lot, lot later, just because growing up, my dad didn't have a copy of that one. Um, and then obviously there's this, the remake, which I still to this day say one of the uh, scariest films I've seen in the cinema. Um, as like a going to see a new horror yeah. film. Um, I think it's a very effective film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that one was quite nice because I took my dad to go see it after... Nice. He found out that I've watched his copies when I was fighting. <laughs> what was yours, Chris? I I remember He's fucking trashing the place. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I remember visiting my auntie and uncle and they had Evil Dead on VHS. And we took it. We took it with us. <laughs> you just stole it. <laughs> Straight up, put that in your bag. And um we put it on and I was scared. I was far too young. Far, far, far too young to be watching it. And I was scared. But the quality wasn't great either. Mm. So I pretended... If someone banned it from being put on VHS, you wouldn't have had to go through this. Yeah, I pretended that the dub, because the dub was a little off, I pretended that that was giving me a headache, so we'd switch it off. I didn't want to watch it. And I forgot about it. You know, we only got to the bit where they were driving at the beginning. Spoiler alert. Um, And then years later... You have to watch this, you have to watch this. I'd going through all the horror films that you have to watch. And I watched it and I was like, oh shit, that's the film that I was too scared to watch. And um, yeah, watched that one. Watched Evil Dead 2. Didn't get it. Didn't like it. Um, and then I didn't watch Army of Darkness till I met you. Yeah. But you have the appreciation of Evil Dead 2 now. I was just oh, about to say, yeah. you know you were wrong. <laughs> Over 10 years later, I do realise I was wrong on Evil Dead 2. I, I do get it now. Yeah. And yeah. it's maybe my favourite of the three. But... Yeah, same. same. I, I would 100% say it's my favourite. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. So that's I, think it's po- I think it's very much like Aliens in uh, it's a very popular opinion that Evil Dead 2 is the best. Oh, okay. Of the films. I will disagree with that and just like to go on. Just... I mean that's that's absolutely both a five star film. Switch, <laughs> switch <laughs> Get him out. Get him out. Um, yeah, my history with Evil Dead. Honestly, I'm just gonna sound like I'm repeating things here, but <laughs> watched it far too young and scared the life out of me. So my dad had it on DVD, the Anchor Bay release, and it was when I was first getting into horror, and I was desperate to watch it. Absolutely desperate to watch it because of its reputation. And, you know, my mum told me I could, um, and I just wouldn't give up. I was like, okay, well, it's, you know, on your head, be it. If you're going to watch it, it's it's terrifying. I did, and it was fucking terrifying. And watched it countless times. Watched two and three nearly straight after. Um, And, yeah, it's, it, and then the reboot, of course, when it was out in cinemas, uh, which I love. Uh, the TV series, we watched the first two seasons of that, haven't we? 
I should yes. see what well, yeah, that's have, fantastic. Yeah. We still need to watch the third one. Video game was too difficult, so I sold it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, as, I mean, as a whole, I love the Evil Dead franchise. It's one of those rare series of films where I've gave all four or five stars. Um, that doesn't happen often. That's high acclaim. They are just, for me, they're just fantastic horror films. And it's amazing how something like the first film can go from being one of the scariest horror films ever made to the sequel, which is one of the funniest horror... I might even go on record and say it's the funniest horror comedy I've ever seen. Like, it's just perfection. It's really, really fantastic. Um, and of course, it's all created by Sam Raimi. But before we get into that, we uh, we couldn't have the guy who runs Tipsy Flicks on our podcast without having a pair in. So would you like to explain what we have? So I've I've brought gifts. I was going to say gifts. It's just one. I can only get one. <laughs> so um, it's a little brewery. So as as I mentioned earlier with Evil Dead last year, uh, Rivington Brewery released a series of beers, um, and they've redone them this year with different collaborators. So they're all slightly the same styles and slight different, um, different same styles but different approaches. So uh, this year's the Evil Dead beer is a raspberry and blackberry oat IPA with Manchester-based Pomona Island. Um, I've not tried it yet, but um, it's my obvious pairing yeah, for yeah. this movie. Yeah. So I thought I'd bring it on with us. We can all crack it open, have a taste, say what we think of it. And uh, yeah. Amazing. Should we, should we crack have it the first ASMR crack in? on the go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, ASMR. Yeah. Ooh. 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 Oh, that's satisfying. Do you remember um, on oh, yeah, oh, yeah, on. don't talk over it, guys. Right, there you go. That's good. Amazing. That's good. Nice. Go on, Gary. No, no, you're the you're the guy who used to work at the pub. So, oh, you ready? <laughs> okay, just a when we're still pouring beer. Um... I've been dying to do ASMR. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Sometimes like to when I'm watching a film, pick a moment when yeah. I crack it open. During Evil Dead, there is a moment where they, they blend a smoothie. Yeah. And I feel like <laughs> they, that would be the moment you crack open. That is true. It's, that is true. It does taste a bit like a smoothie. So it wouldn't be the party down moment. Party down. <laughs> you, you've asked me what my favourite quote is. We'll, yes. We'll, yeah, uh... we'll, that's, we'll say that for the end of the episode. So written and directed by Sam Raimi, uh, who is, of course, the... Horror legend who was responsible for Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, the Spider-Man trilogy, A Simple Plan, Drag Me to How, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, The Gift, Darkman, and more. We binged all his films this year, didn't we? We did, actually. Fantastic director. Yeah. There's hardly any duds in there. Which favourite? Uh, Evil Dead 2. Absolutely. It's, it's tough. It's fucking tough. It often changes between that and Spider-Man 2. Because... Both are on the same level for me. What's yours? I mean, I'd have to say Evil Dead 2. You have yeah. to. But, I don't know if you mentioned it, Matt. I didn't hear it. 
The Quick and the Dead. Quick and the Dead is very good. Yeah. The Quick and the Dead is excellent. Yeah. I often, Sharon Stone. I often have been known to be in pubs and tell people to watch <laughs> Quick and the Dead. Oh, is that guy? Like, just meeting people. Quick and the Dead guy. Quick and the Dead guy's here. What would have done? What would have done? Oz the Great and Powerful. I skipped that. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a bit shite. Um, I think that was it. I think that was his only I think that was film. the only real dirt. Um, so, Spider-Man Freeze Camp. Crime was very good. Very good. Yeah, Which yeah. one? Crime Wave. Crime Wave. I love Crime Wave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a fantastic film. Um, so the budget was three hundred. Wow, and... no one gives a shit what my favourite Sam Raimi What's your favourite? Yes. I, I used to think it'd be Evil Dead 2. No. What is it? He does. He said he hated Evil Dead 2. It's a simple plan. Is it? No, no, it's Evil Dead 2. <laughs> simple plan's really good. That is very good. That is very good. Um, yeah, so, budget, $350,000, and it made $2.8 million worldwide. This has obviously gone on to be a cultural phenomenon, as we've said. You know, video games, TV series, comic books, action figures. The franchise has blew up as, as uh, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. And there's a good chance, if you're a horror fan, if you're a film fan, you know what Evil Dead is. Yeah, oh no, absolutely, yeah, yeah, there, there, there's, yeah, there's no way you can be a horror fan and not know Evil Dead. And of course, you know, Nasty November is, as we, uh, yeah, we mentioned at the start of the episode, entirely dedicated to video nasties, uh, you may recall us talking a bit about it last year, but means we have a guest, uh, do you have anything to say about video nasties? Um, I mean, we were talking before, I mean, it became a point when, um, like they would, you say something's a video nasty and it just makes people want to watch it more. I've seen a handful. I remember when I was a kid, an impressionable teenager, I sought them out because it was like, I've, if you tell me not to watch something, and I'm sure that this was the, the, the scene in the 80s, if you get told not to watch something, it only makes you want to watch it yeah, more. The whole, the whole video nasty phenomenon, phenomenon was um, a bit of a backwards process, really. It's an interesting process, and it's an interesting thing to have seen happen. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot of good films out there oh, in yeah. it. There's a hell of a lot more bad ones. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of them I, won't have, I wouldn't have seen if it wasn't for that sticker of it being a video nasty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a case of uh, Tories being Tories, isn't it, with the video nasties? Trying to tell adults what they can and can't watch. Um... Uh, you know, blaming it on strange behaviour of dogs as well. Apparently, they watch the video nasty. It's it's yeah. fucking ridiculous, and you know we we've gone on about it a lot on the podcast. Um, but a bit of trivia about this, where it stands with the video nasty, is the Evil Dead. Uh, this is the film that Mary Whitehouse showed thank you, showed in court to support the idea of video nasties. Uh, although the pre VRA video was the version that the BBFC had cut and passed as an X rated film. <laughs> it was removed and re-added to the video nasty list several times, but it was never sex. Uh, it was never quite sexy enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, get my words mixed up sometimes. Regular listeners, you know me. You know where I am. Um, successfully prosecuted. It wasn't successfully prosecuted. Okay. Yeah, just in case I wasn't clear enough and everyone forgot. Okay. Yeah, I've had a sip of alcohol on the podcast. This, this is going to be a disaster. Say it one more time. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Okay. It's quite an exclusive screening. The uh, being a member of a jury. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. Great day at work that was. Guess what? Guess what I saw today, guys. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I imagine. That was your call up to jury duty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, we we don't think the video nasty thing should have happened at all. Um, I'm sure we can all agree on that. But as it did happen, and as this question is valid, should this have been a video nasty? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. In, in, ter <laughs> in, in terms of what the BBFC were looking for at that time, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I personally think it's actually a bit of a comedy. If you look at it, you know, famously, Scream was going to get banned and Kurt and whatnot, and they said, no, look at it as a comedy, and you'll see it completely different. I think The Evil Dead is a comedy. Mm. I think it's so ridiculous and kind of stupid you know, with all due respect, that it's comical. You know, I, I don't know if other people look at it. You were saying it was scary earlier. I, it's definitely... Yeah, so are you. No, it's definitely <laughs> gruesome. I think it's gruesome. I think it's equal parts. Um, there's some moments in it. There is. Pure yeah. horror. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bruce Campbell is playing it as a comedy. His performance is yeah. so over the top. Mm. But then there's other moments in it which are pure horror. Especially the pure horror. Um, some of some of the, the setups and some of the um, some of the scenes of the way they play out and the timing of them. It never it never reaches a punchline. It always reaches a scare. Whereas the people involved in the scene, I think, I would say especially Bruce Campbell, yeah. is playing it as a comedy. Yeah. Do you ever think sometimes with horror films, it's so over the top mm. and so ridiculous? And particularly the gore effects and such, it's just so way beyond that it becomes quite comical. Yeah. Rather than scary, you know. Yeah, and I don't know if that's I don't know how much that's by design here, but obviously it was used to its advantage when it comes to Evil Dead Two. Absolutely. Where it's just an all out comedy. Yeah. Uh, the film was shown to Stephen King, and it was his glowing endorsement, uh, which was later used on the film's ads and posters of the film, which really sold it to the public. The film was then brought by New Line Cinema soon after, and I believe we have the actual quote on our wall, Chris. Would you like to read it out? Uh, I, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can see it behind you. <laughs> I can't turn my head. It says, the most ferociously original horror film of the year, Stephen King, author of Carrie and the Shining. Carrie and the Shining. Yeah, I mean, you get a quote like that and your film's going to sell. In the 80s, especially, these days, it feels like Stephen King watches every single horror film that's released and enjoys every single horror film that's released. But back in the 80s, like, imagine getting a quote. Imagine being Sam Raimi and you're just starting out. You've just made your first feature-length film and you get a quote like that. Fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Very well-deserved as well. Um, someone else was starting out early as well when this film was made. Joel Cohen was an assistant editor on the film. This one was his earliest of his professional jobs. Is that the Garfield guy? Not that Cohen, oh, no. Sorry. Excuse me. Uh, he and his brother Ethan Cohen uh, would produce and make the film Blood Simple three years after the release of this film. In preparing to get funding for that film, the Coens enlisted the help of friends Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi to help out, and they happily did so. Campbell and Raimi also starred in a short film based on scenes of Blood Simple for the Coen's show to investors, and it was successful. Did you know the Coen's were involved? Uh, yes, I did. Yes. Sam Raimi and the Coen, and Bruce. Mm, yeah. Their early careers, like, working together and working and, and were really good. Uh, what's his name? Robert Talbot. Yeah. Am I getting his name correct? I think so. 
um, yeah, he was involved in a, in a lot of these, producer on, on all the films. Um, married to Lucy Lawless, wow. uh, from Xena Warrior Princess fame, who watched The Evil Dead and thought it was awful and terrible. <laughs> and then married the producer and starred in the TV series. Yeah. Ash vs. The Evil Dead. She did. Yeah. Did so, she tell him she didn't like it? I'm assuming <laughs> yeah, so. That's I'm assuming that's that's never on the up. first date, he was like, oh, um, he was a producer on Xena Warrior Princess mm. as well, though. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's one of these slow romance stories yeah. so yeah he must have known should we find out who's in the film uh in yeah shall we yeah. oh yeah oh, yeah it's your section oh excuse me <laughs> uh, shall I do this ASMR <laughs> I mean that's if that's really good if anyone likes ASMR because I've been thinking of doing a channel on YouTube and if anybody thought that was really good please let me know so I can quit this podcast and do my ASMR <laughs> full time. Thank you. I mean, technically you're half of the reason people listen, so they're not going to tell you, do I? Mm. 75. 25. Bruce Campbell is Ash. Horror icon Bruce Campbell. Um, one of my favourite actors. He's just so charismatic and it's just, just really enjoyable to watch, no matter what he's in. Yeah, he's got one of those faces that kind of weird but charismatic yeah do you know what i mean he's 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 very emotive with his face yeah um, yeah not necessarily the face is it's famous for his chin let's be honest mm -hmm. um but he has yeah he's it's, yeah, he's famous for his chin but he does he does a lot of eyebrow work yeah and... yeah 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 when, when he separates them after uh, people <laughs> dead <laughs> Um, he put up his family's property in North Michigan as collateral so that Sam Raimi could not only finish the film but also blow it up to 35 mil, uh, which was required for a theatrical release. And Raimi was so grateful for his contribution that he credited him as co-producer. Um, he just seems like such a nice guy. He does. He genuinely, he does come across as really, you know, like I said, really charismatic. Um, has he been in every Sam Raimi film? I think almost every single one. I mean, there's like one. He's, I don't think he's in the Quick and the Dead. I feel like he's in a deleted scene. Yeah. So I know he's on the IMDb for Quick and Dead. Yeah. And I've watched that film countless times. And I've watched it once just looking for him. I cannot see him in it at all. You really are the Quick and the Dead. I really are the Quick and the Dead. What film is are you, the, that guy? Ghostwatch. Ghostwatch. You are definitely the Ghostwatch guy. guy. Oh my God. You would tell anyone to watch. That's true. It's You've true. got to watch. Yeah. It's quickly becoming the Blackbird guy as well. It's called a lot of people to watch. I, I can see myself also becoming the Blackbird guy. All three of us could become the Blackbird guy. You start telling people, Chris. Should we just know? stop talking about the Evil Dead and start talking <laughs> about Blackbird? <laughs> well, there's a fedora. Um, a cameraman slipped during filming, not oh, Blackbird, no, the Evil Dead, uh, smashing his camera into Bruce Campbell's face and knocking out several of the actor's teeth. Uh, one of two facts I have about Bruce Campbell getting injured. I might even have more, actually. Um, yeah, he went through a rough time uh, making this film. But in, unlike a lot of the other ones we've discussed, where we've been like, oh my god, why the fuck are people going through this for a film? Like The Exorcist, uh, The Shining, etc., etc. Um, we, like, kinda... we, like, we like bringing it up. Paul Verhoeven's exploding Paul Ver... nose. On <laughs> have you heard about Paul Verhoeven's exploding nose? This is the first I'm hearing of Paul Verhoeven's <laughs> exploding nose. 
It was Basic Instinct, and he was arguing with Michael Douglas yeah. so much, and he was so angry, his nose just started bleeding, but, like, <laughs> spewing. <laughs> and um, famous, people thought... famously on the podcast... Yeah, people um, thought that he punched Michael Douglas in the nose. Yeah. It was like, now this is my blood. <laughs> and, yeah, but famously on the podcast, we like to bring it up. It might be our favourite trivia example fact. taking it too seriously. Sometimes it's... You know, Paul Verhoeven, fantastic director, um, but if your nose explodes, that you get so angry... It's time, it's time to take a day <laughs> off. Time take a holiday. Maybe look at another <laughs> career. Oh, you're the showgirls guy. I'm the showgirls guy. You're I will tell everybody. But there's so many showgirls guys. I want something maybe a little more niche, like Quick and the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, watch a quick of a dead, and then yeah. like, <laughs> oh, I come back to like, some random Robert Altman film. Yeah, like, three women. You're, you're I was going to tell everyone you're the super they girl have guy. to watch three women. I'm not a Supergirl guy, no. I might be the Supergirl. You have to watch Supergirl. No, mommy. No, this Christmas on the square. You are the Christmas on the square. I am the guy. Christmas on the square. You are the Christmas on the square. Guy. You have to watch Christmas. Um, but yeah, so Bruce Campbell. Uh, I feel what like film we talking about? the point the point I was getting to was the fact that we're normally concerned for people on set. But I kind of feel like Bruce Campbell was fully on board with all of this. I feel like this is entirely, you know, he was fine with that. I feel like he smashed his teeth into the camera and was like, oh, do you know, it's fine. Let's move on. It's a weird one because obviously we sit here and we're like, oh, well, it made his career. Evil Dead made, you know, pretty much everyone involved yeah. made their careers. Um, at the time, he was probably really thinking oh my god i've just lost teeth for this film that yeah. may not make anything i've just like put my family's house up yeah you know this has to make money yeah apparently everyone on set was just having the worst time mm, they, wow. the, the, the cabin which was the set was yeah, yeah i do have something about the cabin a little yeah. later on yeah that's true. that's true so we'll circle back to it um but yeah bruce campbell was in bubba hotep sky high xena warrior princess cars 2 Intruder, My Name is Bruce, Crime Wave, Maniac Cop, Waxwork 2, Lost in Time, Congo, and so many more. What was he selling in the Doctor Strange film? Uh, pizza balls. Pizza balls. Pizza balls, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Ellen Sandweiss as Cheryl. She was in Speedbag, Satan's Playground, My Name is Bruce again. Uh, Brutal Massacre, A Comedy, The Dread, Ash vs. Evil Dead, and more. Uh, Cheryl is a queen. She is. She's one of those actresses that did nothing afterwards. Well, I just And then this. ran... <laughs> <laughs> if you let me finish the sentence... Well, I, I forgot my fucking sentence. Nothing oh, yeah. in her career. Nothing in her career. That anyone has seen. 2006... And so all those films that you've just yeah. mentioned are after 2006. Mm -hmm. So she didn't do anything. And then I think some do horror director said, oh, you should, you know, get back into horror films. And she, yeah, literally did the one film. Um, Barbara from Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. She's very similar. She did Fuck All afterwards. And then randomly, like later on, she started starring in mm -hmm. these low budget horror films. Um, so that was actually really interesting. It, it was. Thanks. I apologise for interrupting. Mm. Um, Betsy Baker as Linda. She's been in Grey's Anatomy, Shameless, Why Women Kill, Sharp Objects, Secret Agent, Dingledorf, and his trusty dog Splat. Nice. That sounds like a masterpiece. Witch's Night, 2084, and more. 
Yeah, I've seen Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. I don't Have you not seen that. Secret Agent Dingledore and his trusty dog Splat? Uh, not recently, no. No. Uh, no, but it's added to the list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally, Teresa Tilly as Shelley. She was in the prototype, Back in the Day, Six Feet Under, Dangerous Women, Generation U, Stomping Ground, American Fable, and more. And you might be thinking, hang on a minute, Chris and Gary are not talking more about the women than the men. This film is maybe the first of its kind for the sort of time it's released. And we have a final boy rather than a final girl. That's true. What do we have to say about that? It was Halloween famously mm. established the final girl kind yeah. of trope. And it was only three years yeah. before. And yeah. I think maybe... I don't think the word final girl didn't come about until a lot, lot later, like quite mm. recently, actually. So, I mean, I mean, you know, if, if, you, if you sell your house for the film, well, yeah. you, you might, you <laughs> might get to see, the, you might get to live through the film. So. We're all sort of inherently, and I'm sure there's a psychology behind it. I, I'm not 100% sure, but we're all kind of inherently rooting or, our sort of fear levels mm. are different for men and women. Yeah. And when women are in danger, I think the majority of us tend to feel more fear. We, we empathise or sympathise, should I say, more with female characters. Um, and I think that's where that all sort of came from. Mm -hmm. You know, sort of the damsel in distress, you know, from classic Hollywood. So I think it all sort of stems from there. It's weird to have a final boy... But the final boy has actually killed everyone. Yeah. He, like, he like, kills his sister, yeah. his partner, and his yeah. best friend. It's like, he, there's he goes no, through it. Uh, obviously, there is the, the demons that have possessed them. But there's no really... There's no serial killer. There's no Michael Myers. Mm. There's no um, Leatherface. So it's, I think it's very different. So he is the final boy. Mm. But he's the final boy because he's the only one that wasn't possessed. Yeah. You know, all the victims were died at his hands, essentially. Yeah. He's also wearing the same colour scheme and similar outfit to Laurie Strode as well. So I think that's pretty similar. Yeah. So he, but he's very uh, masculine. It, it is def it's definitely a male kind of centred role. Yeah. I don't think you could have someone like Cheryl who seemed to be the final girl at the beginning because she's mousy um i don't think she could have topped up all her friends in the mm. same way that ash could because she's a woman and he's a man and it's 1981 <laughs> hopefully that that changed obviously yeah so let's get into the film it's time for our feature presentation i have seen the dark shadows moving in the woods and i have no doubt that whatever i have resurrected is sure to come calling for me got up on the wrong side of the grave. Evil Dead from New Line Cinema. Starts Friday at these theaters. Check your newspaper for times. The opening sequence uh, is iconic of the camera zooming through uh, the swamp. Yes. Yeah. And up to the car. Um, this was achieved by uh, having Bruce Campbell push Sam Raimi in a dinghy uh, whilst he filmed the shot. 
and journey other scenes uh, in the woods later on with the characters, uh, the Unseen Force going towards them. Sam Raimi had to run through the woods with uh, a makeshift rig, jumping over logs and stones, and uh, somehow still achieved it with all the mist in the swamp. I heard they just drilled or screwed the camera to a bit of wood that ha- and ran around with it. Yeah, I read that too, so I don't know which one to believe, but either way, that's really cool because it's such an effective such an effective camera move that it's it kind of immediately you know they're in danger like the film started in seconds you don't know who our lead characters are and immediately you know they're in danger yeah i mean you no, know that the film's like, called film's you called, watch called film e- evil dead, evil dead. <laughs> but i digress but yeah no there's one thing about this film for its low budget there is some beautiful shots yeah some really fantastic some amazing shots, shots. And it's where you can tell the difference between uh, a film fan really enjoying what they're making. You can see the influences in Sam Raimi's work Mm. with The Evil Dead. You know, this is his project. You know, he's been waiting years to make this. This is very passionate about it and sold shit and all that. Mm. You know, there's a lot riding on this. And you can tell that he's influenced by... A lot of classic horror and it leads to some really beautiful shots and the opening one is you know incredible it's i mean i don't see many things like that you know isn't it called the evil dead shot now the one where they're that's what i'm running running through the camera yeah like and what's it called is that what it's called i think there's a a more official term for yeah i call evil dead yeah Yeah. sam Cam. sam Sam Um, Cam. that's a website (laughs) it's an interesting one it's kind of like a point of view of yeah. someone or something that's not really there. But very low. But very low yeah. around. Yeah. And the soundtrack that matches as well is just phenomenal. I love the score to this film. Um, five Michigan State University students, Ash Williams, his girlfriend Linda, his sister Cheryl, their friend Scott and Scott's girlfriend Shelley. Uh, they're going on vacation at an isolated cabin in Tennessee. Uh, they're having a sing-along to a song, uh, which I have no idea what it was, whilst something races towards them through the woods and they nearly crash into a truck with a Lazy Mary sticker on it. Shelley's reaction, I think it was Shelley's reaction or was it Cheryl's reaction? It's just amazing when she's just holding her hands up. She's like, ah! It's it Shelley and she was giving me Kate Bush with her yeah. <laughs> the, like, the two hands up. It's, uh, yeah, it's me and Kathy. <laughs> um yeah weirdest episode of carball karaoke i've seen <laughs> what is it they're singing i have no idea da, 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 da. oh yeah that, no could, have been, that could have been any song <laughs> that didn't in my head that sounded a lot different um yeah if anyone I, knows the evil dead song from the start of the film let us know on social media um <laughs> i wish i had you oh, wrong film gosh. wrong film um, approaching the cabin, the group notices the porch swing uh, move on its own, but suddenly stops as Scott grabs the knob, the doorknob. This is an excellent bit for me. Beyond the the line of the uh, beyond the frame, I can almost see Sam Raimi or someone like holding onto it, yeah, and banging it. <laughs> and you, because you know he's there, but you know it's meant to be some thing but like knowing that how low budget this was and as you were yeah. saying about bruce pushing him in a dinghy all hands were on deck for this yeah it's so, a fantastic shot it is a great shot yeah no i, I love uh, i think reminiscent of 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Approaching yeah, yeah. the unknown, very low angle. House in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Again, this this is the details that of a, yeah. an actual horror film fan making a horror film. The bridge beforehand, mm. when they're crossing the bridge to get to the, the cabin and there's mm. bits of wood falling and that's a, a, always a moment that sticks yeah. out in my mind. Oh, yeah. The tyre hits uh, like a pothole bridge mm. there's just three bits of wood that just fall and it gives this idea of you're crossing this this, cam, this like chasm into an unknown into a place you shouldn't be going mm. yeah i mean you know they've nearly had a truck crash they've had a broken bridge yeah. um all the signs were there that they probably shouldn't be going to this place but they went uh and the cabin that's used as a film set was also lodging for the 13 crew members with several people sleeping in the same room Living conditions were terrible and the crew frequently argued. The cabin didn't have plumbing, so the actors went days without showering and fell ill frequently in the freezing weather. By the end of production, they were burning furniture to stay warm. Okay. It sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. And like, you have... The bit that upsets me the most is that they were arguing. And of course they were. Yeah. Of course you were. You haven't showered in three days. You're covered in fake blood and other things and mm. everything stinks you're freezing you're gonna get annoyed at the little things but yeah it, it also gives a sense of such uh camaraderism on the set that you know must have been there everyone was pitching together to get this film finished like and it shows i think there was a lot of love to, to just get it finished in the first place like yeah. as you say like um you know bruce selling his house because it's just like get it done get it quick let's make this as good as we yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Probably not worth getting pneumonia over. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully no one got pneumonia. Yeah. Scott, Harrison Ford? Are you getting Harrison Ford the Hamstown boots? Yeah, I think he, he may have been the budget Harrison Ford. A little bit. A little yeah, bit. there was nothing... He hasn't really been in anything else. No. At all, the guy who plays Scott. Um, Cheryl draws a picture of a clock. The clock stops and she hears a faint demonic voice telling her to join us. Uh, a hand becomes possessed, turns pale, and then she really badly draws a picture of a book with a demonic face on its cover. Uh, she's a bit shaken by it, but she doesn't actually mention the incident. You know that meme that's going round of half a horse drawn beautifully, and then the second <laughs> half looks really bad? Is that her before? I feel like demon? that was influenced by this, because that clock looked beautiful, and then she completely ruined it. When during the uh, the book, I wish that that picture she drew of the book was more iconic. Yeah, it, I, I <laughs> yeah. imagine if it was kind of, it's meant to look like a possessed hand's done it, but it rips the page a bit. And I wish if it was done a little bit better, you'd see it as a tattoo a lot more. Oh my god, like, could you imagine? But it's just, it's just, a, it teeters towards a little bit too shit. Yeah. Then Cheryl. Yeah. She's giving me. Dressed for a Stevie Nicks concert. She is. She's definitely going to a Stevie Nicks concert. She's got a long ass skirt on. Yeah. Um, it's a very sort of 1981 pattern on the skirt. Laurie Strode hair. Yeah. She, I feel, maybe should have been the final girl. You know, If there was going to be one, it would have been She's the one that's yeah. not yeah. coupled up. Yeah. She's, you know, a bit different, although not really. But, you know, yeah. I feel like it was going in that, but like you said earlier, you know the idea of a final girl didn't really exist 
1981. So this is our sort of modern do you think, preconceptions. Do you think maybe a part of it as well was they did cast friend like their friends, so they just played everyone to their strengths? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's true. Bruce yeah. was probably just best at being beaten up. Yeah. Cheryl was good at, like, when she's in the cellar later. Mm. I can't imagine anyone else doing yeah. that. Um, but then we the also... other guys probably did. Yeah, bit. no, absolutely. You know, one of them. Um, yeah. Um, but I feel with the character of Cheryl, she's the mousy one. Yeah. You know, she is the Laurie Strode type. Yeah. And we are more sympathetic towards those kind of characters. And she does get the worst of the bunch. I know Ash goes through a lot, but he gets through it. Mm. Cheryl actually goes through, you know, a really horrible experience. And she's the first one to be possessed. And I, I feel like it's deliberate that she is, as the, the quietest, the non-coupled up one, she's the most sympathetic character. That also, jumping ahead massively, it also makes her it also makes it more believable later when they stop being they the deadites pretend yeah, yeah pretending yeah, to be the yeah. human form again it makes that hit harder a little yeah, bit i yeah. think as well absolutely so ash makes a speech over dinner which is finished by scott saying party down party in, uh, down iconic line delivery uh and then the salad trap door flies open yeah a couple of questions <laughs> on this one did they really bring a blender along with them? <laughs> number one they great have a... visual it's a great visual <laughs> but surely the characters didn't know they were making a film also dinner looks like a large bowl of katsu curry sauce <laughs> with a side salad what were th did you i, I honestly i've watched this film so many times i've never seen what's it on looked like a big <laughs> bowl of katsu curry sauce which i love katsu curry sauce but i wouldn't know it was a salad um yeah katsu and salad classic yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've never looked at what we're eating. No, right. Have you actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Tesco's still on pre-made. Were, were you influenced <laughs> by the Evil Dead? No, Tesco was. Tesco. Clearly. <laughs> oh, Tesco was. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Shelley, Linda. <laughs> you do beers. Gary does Tesco Tesco's sauces. Tesco meal deals. Tesco <laughs> meal deals. What should I pair? Shelley, Linda and Cheryl remain upstairs as Ash and Scott investigate the cellar. They find a Hills of Eyes poster. Part of one, anyway. Part of one. Uh, hanging rocks, a shotgun, an ancient dagger. The, what Wikipedia calls, Natorum Demento, which... Loosely translated. It's Necronomicon. I'm just going to refer to it as a Necronomicon for the rest of the episode. Um, it's a uh, Sumerian version of the Egyptian Book of the Dead. And archaeologist Raymond Noby's tape recorder... And they take the items upstairs after, you know, just being bros being bros for a bit in the cellar, playing pranks on each other. Um, you know, Scott shows the knife to to uh, Ash and he's like, hey, this looks like your old girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Scott, the Bantasaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they go upstairs and they play the tape and they resurrect a demonic entity. Cheryl yells for Scott to turn it off. Uh, would anyone like to do an impression? You would like to do. Shut it off! There we go. They should have listened. Like if you, you should have. With everything that's happened up until this moment, the car crash, the bridge, and the weird knock on the chair against yeah. the door, you just you stop at ancient dead languages. 
being played. You, yeah. you, you go, should we just play Scrabble, guys? It's, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Or um, Strip Monopoly, yeah. Friday the 13th. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, number one, this is all Scott's fault. Completely. <laughs> a thousand percent Scott's fault. Yeah. And we always knew it would be because of who Scott was as a person. Um, also, she's yelling. Just switch it off. You can reach. <laughs> she can reach. It wasn't, it wasn't on the other side of the room. She could have just leant over and go, nah, that's not for me, mate. Well, a branch bur- uh, breaks one of the cabin's windows and Ash gives Scott a talent off for always taking things too far. But Scott thinks Cheryl is nuts and acts like she's a three-year-old. <laughs> what, what I love about this is that Bruce seems annoyed that he's broken the window. Yeah. It's like, you've taken it too far and now a window's smashed. But that, and like, it's not his fault. I mean, you could argue that it is. Scott should have just left well enough yeah. alone. Yeah, and then and then we wouldn't have a franchise. So. Is the thank, idea... thank you, Scott. Scott. Thank yeah. Scott. Is the idea that they rented this place? Got like... off Airbnb. Yeah, <laughs> Airbnb <laughs> gone wrong. Um, I feel like it's someone's relative. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if someone says that it's their uncle's cabin in the wall. But that's or... also said in the reboot. Yeah. Now the reboot is also, and I, I love telling people this fact. It's not actually a remake. It's a loose sequel. Because their plan was they were going to couple up Ash and Mia after the release and then do a team-up film. Uh, and obviously Ash is in the post credit scene. So I, I, I always hope there's actually going to be a connection there between that family's cabin and Mia's family. Oh, okay. As, as in it's yeah. supposed to be the same one. Also, Ash vs. Evil Dead, is when they said it was the family's cabin. You're absolutely right. But there was a scene deleted where they picked up the keys on the way there. They get the keys off the... Well, in this one. In this one. In the, yeah, in yeah, yeah. They this get, one. Yeah. They get it from the top because they they must have cut the scene mm-hmm. where they collected the keys on in, the on way. On the cutting room floor, they've got yeah. two yeah. two scenes of the keys <laughs> being picked, well, there keys was, being picked wasn't up. This, wasn't there a load of uh, footage cut from this film this was going to be like maybe two hours long yeah yeah, it was meant to be two hours long it was really going to deal with Ash and the emotions behind him having to kill the people he loved and so they thought nah no one wants to watch that let's cut all the emotional crap and just have you know a ball to the wall horror film and it works for it because I don't think we could emotional breakdown <laughs> <laughs> your, your Robert Altman yeah. <laughs> evil dead film um, going I'm, back to quickly yeah. about um, who whose family it is if it is someone's uncle or one of their relatives yeah. then are they also related to the people who who like have gone missing that's yeah, a Raymond point. Nogi yeah, yeah. yeah. And is, or is that their relative and they're like oh, we, our uncle's gone missing so yeah. we could probably use his cabin he won't know like what is the connection between because that's never really brought up it is just no. kind of like this random dude yeah this random dude's been summer. here does the TV series not bring it up I think the TV series does but a lot of TV series kind of follows the Evil Dead 2 plotline and you know Evil Dead 2 obviously remakes this film within the first 10 minutes so I feel like there's a slight different law there. I kind of find it scarier, the fact that all the stuff is just there. It's just there. There's no explanation behind it. It's like, okay, where is this shit come from? Thanks. They're messing. Yeah, kind of like if Michael Myers in Halloween. Like, yeah. It's just there. Thanks. You know, um, I, I think it really works. 
Ash uh, holds out a box, pretends he's asleep, the old romantic that he is. Uh, Linda takes the box from him, and it's an ugly necklace. She thinks it's sweet. She's trying to hide her disappointment, clearly. Oh, it's beautiful, Ash. I'll never take it off. In the meantime, she's probably thinking, this is fucking dreadful. Oh, God, I'm not going to wear this. Nah. It is. <laughs> nah. I, I, I love how that bit I just do <laughs> Just I can't. It's a magnifying glass, and it's <laughs> yeah. like you never see the magnifying get glass get used as a magnifying no. glass. They don't use it to try and run. Like, Where's that magnifying it glass? Was I gave to, you? It was meant to. I mean, I imagine. Funny, yeah, it was meant to. Um, spoiler alert! Um, it was meant to be the cause of the book setting oh, on fire, okay. light uh, through the magnifying glass. Uh, but they were like mm, the, the sort of logistics of that. So didn't instead, quite they work. used it as a grappling hook. So what? Yeah. So they used it like that. I said, absolutely awful, absolutely awful. Uh, you know, it's a low budget film. I'm not expecting the Taylor Burton diamond, but my God, where the fuck did they get that from? Hideous. hideous. <laughs> they got it on the way in. They must have, like <laughs> from a fucking cracker or something. Hey. I mean, if you, and if you're talking about all the emotional stuff getting cut from this film, that scene where they're pretending, where he's <laughs> pretending to be asleep, and oh, nearly got you. I mean, like, it, it has the idea of this cutesy little thing that they do yeah. all the time. Yeah. And it, and it, it's a bit naff, but it, it kind of, I find myself endearing towards it. And it's, it's very camp. It's, uh, yeah, I, I'd love to see a romantic drama with Bruce Campbell. Um, of how big a filmography is, one probably exists. Um, yeah, probably. My memory of it was, and you know, I'm not judging anyone because this is something I may suffer with as well that I have to deal with. It's, it's just an eyebrow. It's the, 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 <laughs> the close up, and it's very distracting because he's trying to do a cute moment. And I'm just like, I'd love to get at those eyebrows. <laughs> uh, yeah, glad he sorted that out in time for Evil Dead 2. Yes. Um, so, slight trigger warning for, for this next section, um, we, we do have to say that on a film about a demonically possessed book, um, because we begin a bizarre series of events, but there is a, a trigger warning here for sexual assault. Um, later that evening, an agitated Cheryl goes into the woods to investigate strange noises, where, again, as I say, a bizarre series of events, she is attacked and raped by a demonically possessed tree... Uh, trees, should I say, in an uncomfortable, unnecessary scene that goes on for far too long, which I actually have a quote about from the actress herself, Ellen Sandwich. Um, She said, if it was filmed today, it would be done in such a different way, as we've seen in the reboot. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the reboot is done completely differently because it's not really sexual assault. The tree goes in her, she's possessed. Yeah. It's, it's completely different. Um, still a nasty scene, but done differently. Uh, she said, yes, I'm sure that tree scene would be done differently if it was filmed today. First, I'm not sure that it would be characterised as tree rape, as Sam Raimi has since said that he regrets leaving it in the film to, to this very day. Uh, I think it would have gone back to what was originally intentioned in the script. Trees coming to life and attacking Cheryl, which would also satisfy uh, more feminist audiences and actresses. And I'm sure that CGI would be used instead of the reverse filming or whatever it's called to show vines wrapping around me. Um, for me, as I said, it's just a very uncomfortable, jarringly uncomfortable film, uh, film scene in a film that's otherwise quite fun. And it, it always, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I still give this five stars because I do think it's a horror masterpiece. But if there's one thing that I would change about it, it's absolutely 
Because, I mean, horror films are meant to be uncomfortable, but it's in the way it's used. And, and something we've said time and time again on this podcast, that sexual assault really shouldn't be used for shock value in horror films, no. yeah. you know? But what's yeah. what's your guys? What's you guys taking from? Yeah, it's a scene that I think is still um, cut from some releases yeah. of the film in, in different countries. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure which ones. Um, yeah, when I first watched it, it's the scene that really lasts stuck in my mind mm, afterwards yeah. really uncomfortable and when i said about cheryl going probably through the, the worst of it um at this scene yeah. i think um typifies that um yeah it's completely unnecessary i feel like the nudity involved is quite it's very sleazy very sleazy it, it's done for almost exploitation sake. yeah yeah, yeah. And it, it feels cheap, you know, the yeah. point of view shots from uh, between her legs, mm. you know, it doesn't, I say it on the podcast frequently, with stuff like sexual assault, if you're not going to deal with that part of it, because it's never mentioned, nothing comes of it, you know, it's not like she's impregnated or anything like that, it renders it completely pointless, yeah. exploitative, and it... it it leaves a sour taste in the mouth, mm. you know, it, it's a, a, it's a low point in a great film, yeah. I think. Um, I think, as you were saying, uh, the way it would be done and the reverse shot technique. Yeah, yeah. Because some of the reverse shot te like techniques, they are effective when it's yeah. wrapping around her yeah, arms. Yeah, yeah. Mm. There's some good techniques being used, it's the way that those techniques, it's what those techniques are being used mm. to achieve, yeah. ultimately. Um, and as was said about the, it would be done differently. It would be, as the script would say, just the trees coming to life and attacking. Yeah, yeah. It, it could have been done a hell of a lot more taste tastefully. Mm. Um, and you know, yeah, as you say, it is just, it is, it goes on a little bit too long and it just, yeah. It I mean, it's terrifying before the rape began. You know, the fact that these trees were grabbing her and mm. attacking her. Yeah. Oh my God, that is, that's fucking terrifying. That's a good... Her just tied up with the trees is, is a great visual, you know. The, the rest it wasn't necessary. Mm. There's a there's a there's a moment in it when it rips her blouse mm. and one of the vines wraps around her breast, and I think that's the moment yeah. when after that, up until that, it's round her arms, mm. it's round her legs, it's constricting her, and then it's that moment when it as soon as it becomes sexualized, yeah. it's like okay, and then it goes on for a little bit too long. Yeah, yeah. and. I read somewhere that later on, when Linda um, tries to force her, the deadite Linda tries to force herself on Ash, was the filmmaker's way of kind of counteracting. Yeah. What happened to Cheryl? I'm like, yeah. So what? I have that down in my notes as an attempted yeah. rape as well. Um, very odd choice there. As weird. Well. So weird. Yeah. But the thing is. I've only got that in my notes because obviously, you know, I was reading up on the film and everything. I watched the film so many times. Never once did I get that. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't give it doesn't off that vibe. No. But um, it's apparently that was what the intention was. Yeah. When she escapes and returns to the cabin, bruised and anguished, Ash agrees to take her back into town, only to discover that the bridge to the cabin has been destroyed. Really atmospheric shots here. Some fantastic lighting where you can't see a thing of it. Yeah, it's giving me universal horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the, the fog, the, the lighting, uh, the use of shadow and light and dark. I, I think fantastic. Mm. The headlights being the 
primary yeah. source mm. with the mist going through them. Also, one of my favourite shots, if not in just this movie and maybe in all of Evil Dead, with the um, the cars rested on a hill and they've used a Dutch angle so the car seems level. Mm. And when Ash steps out, all of a sudden he's on an angle yeah. and he looks like he's tilted over and it's very jarring. Because yeah. you're looking at a car face on, as you say, you can't see the road, you've got no reference point other than the car. So when he comes out and he's leaning over, yeah, you get that sense of something's not quite right, what I'm looking at, what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cheryl panics as she realises that they're now trapped and the demonic entity will not let them leave. So back at the cabin, Ash listens to more of the tape, hasn't learned this lesson already, uh, learning that the only way to kill the entity is to dismember a possessed host. Linda and Shelley... He's listening on earphones. He is, yeah. He? So no one else knows this. Other than him. Other than yeah. him. Yeah. So when he starts hacking people up, yeah. why is no one like, mm, where'd you get this information from? Uh, as Linda and Shelley play spades, Cheryl correctly calls out the cards, succumbs to the entity and levitates. In a raspy, demonic voice, she provides a big monologue and demands to know why they disturbed her sleep and threatens to kill everyone. And I remember when I first watched it, I mean, as if the, the tree rape scene wasn't uncomfortable enough. This is the scene where I was like, okay, shit, I am actually scared now. <laughs> like the makeup for the Deadites is just some of the scariest makeup in horror history, I think, for demon type characters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's because it's so cheap. Back as well. I, I think it's because it's so cheap. I think the amateurness to it kind of adds something to it where it doesn't look cheap as in laughable cheap. It does the opposite of it. Like grimy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and which also brings into, you know, the cinematography as a whole. And I was, I was saying to you, George, before recording, um, the latest release is a good job of bringing together the griminess, the, the grainy stuff on it. and as, But also it's polished as well. So this is exactly what I was yeah. going to say. I was um, having um, like a Blu-ray release in this and a 4K release. You can almost see the strings a yeah, little bit. Yeah. I imagine watching this on a VHS because there's, there's a bit, I think one of the first um, first couple like things you see are hands yeah. with the makeup on it. And you can see the edges where it's her finger and then makeup. Mm. And you can see that a lot more in 4K. Yes. I imagine watching this on VHS back in the day, those lines and where things began wouldn't have been so obvious. And I can see it being a bit more effective. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it so. like that. Um, yeah, and is she giving big hoop energy? Big hoop energy, I don't think she is. Is she wearing big hoops? Yeah, I don't think so. But the wigs in this film are off the scale. The wigs on this one, well, this I think is her own hair, I think it's just tied back. Um, but the wigs in this film, <laughs> I will be constantly mentioning them because they are on another <laughs> level, especially when she's in the basement. Um, oh, oh. She yeah. stabs Linda in the ankle with a pencil and throws Ash into a shaft. This pencil stabbing is fucking disgusting. It is honestly one of the grossest effects. It's the one that stuck with me yeah. the most. It's right in that part of your foot as yeah. well. And... It's also because it's, you know, it, it's quite mild compared to the rest of the film. Yeah. Having their heads cut off and, and stuff like that. I, it's. The one that stuck with me because it felt the most real. Yeah. The rest is very over the top, very ridiculous. You know, I don't know what it would feel like to chew off my own hand. 
but I can imagine what a pencil in the ankle would yeah. feel like. And it's getting wiggled around yes. and pulled yeah. around. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm never going to know what my own head, what my head being chopped off is going to feel yeah. like. <laughs> but yeah, pencil in the ankle. Yeah, it can, I can imagine that one. Uh, Scott knocks Cheryl into the cellar with a big camp kick. That is so camp. It always makes me laugh, though, because he proper goes for it and the leg goes really high. It's very, very camp. Very camp. And he locks her inside whilst everyone argues about what to do. Uh, having become paranoid upon seeing Cheryl's demonic transformation, Shelley lies down in her room, but is drawn to look out of a window where a demon crashes through and attacks her, turning her into a deadite. I love, love, love that shot crashing through the window yeah and she's there and it's it's giving me like almost like suspiria that kind of yeah, yeah, lighting yeah, I, that. yeah. I thought i thought it looked amazing shame it was uh shelly that it happened to because i know i deserve my money barely <laughs> <laughs> the fucking film but fantastic great great image love it yeah uh she attacks scott before he throws her into the fireplace and then stabs her in the back with a sumerian dagger Apparently killing her. You know, the dagger that looks like uh, Ash's ex-girlfriend. That's, that's the one. Um, when she reanimates, Scott dismembers her with an axe and buries the remains. How did Scott know to dismember her? It was a very last minute decision, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I think he just wanted to do it. He, was, he hadn't even heard. He was just like... Mm, As you say, I'm she's barely in the film. Yeah. I think yeah. they, they'd argued in the car yeah. on the way up. Yeah. And he, just, he saw his chance and he, he took it. He was like... Oh, it just happy circumstance yeah. that that's actually how you meant to kill her. She's the one that chews off her own hand. She is. Very, very gruesome. Yes. Um, the first glimpse of the Deadite wig. Is this also the first glance of the Deadite uh, mouth spunk? Um, okay. Yeah. Is this where he's, she sicks on him? Yeah. We could call it that. It's, it's definitely, <laughs> it's given me spunk. It is um, a bit spermy. Wasn't there a film we watched recently? Not was... recently. It was uh, At Dawn They Sleep, where the skeleton just ejaculates at the end of the film. No, no. When white stuff comes out of people's mouths, we were like, that's like the Evil Dead. But this it was, was e a podcast film. This was even I spunkier. <laughs> Welcome to the horror culture of a podcast, <laughs> George. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I'll, no, I'll it's, it's bugging me. It's bugging me. Yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I yeah. What you mean. Um, the consistency of the spunkiness was different. <laughs> it was it was a thicker <laughs> consistency. Hey, we spoke about this on our Vampire Killer Barbies episode. It's our most popular episode of all time. So that was a that was a funky <laughs> film. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna drive me insane. But let's not waste too much time on it. <laughs> we'll remember. Hopefully, our listeners will remember and remind us because I yeah, it's gonna bug me. Um. It's not Halloween classics, is it? It it's wasn't Halloween there. classics. There's no Halloween classics with Spunk that I know of. No. Okay. Right. When she reanimates, yeah, she gets dismembered with an axe. She does. She does. Shaken by the experience, Scott leaves to find a way back to town. But her dismembered body parts are like twitching on the floor. Yeah. That's funny. Well, yeah, hundred percent. Like when they're all yeah. twitching, and then he's like, yeah. "Right, cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave now. See you later." Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a bit like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre when Toby Hooper was like, oh, "No, 
That was meant to be funny. That was a funny, <laughs> yeah. that was a funny part. Like, why, why are people not laughing? Okay, yeah. I mean, let's let's not go to a text Chenzo Musk. The fact that he thought that was a comedy is a fucking alarm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So when uh, he he returns, Scott returns, mortally wounded. Oh, yeah. that's true. I put, I put down, shaken by the experience, and because he's a grade A prick, he needs <laughs> to find a way back to town without Ash and the injured Leah. Yeah. If you were going to have a scene where you make up for the, the last tree rape to have uh, male sexual assault, surely it's when Scott leaves. Well, he comes back after being attacked by the trees. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen, like, if you were going to kind of balance it out a little bit, surely, because you don't see his his attack from the trees. No, no, I suppose. No. 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 Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I suppose that's... that that would make more... If that's what they're going for, and they're saying, well, we're going to even it out and balance it, balance yeah. the scales, um, that maybe should have be been the moment. Would be a bit to do it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, it would be in 1981, no. Um, I, I feel like that probably would have pushed it more into a comedy for people, because, you know, obviously anal sex is hilarious. So, yeah. I, I feel like, yeah... It, it would have been wrong time. I've I've been really unprofessional scrolling back through our episodes and I don't know where the Spunk film was. Um, <laughs> During this scene when he returns, do you know what I'm loving? I'm loving Cheryl just dishing out the room. Oh, she, the library is open the for library, Cheryl. Cheryl is just like, you're not going to leave me, are you, Ash? Very funny. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it kind of deserved. Cause hey, I, Ash, your ass looks fat. Scott is a, <laughs> Scott is a prick. <laughs> hey Ash, you want to have two eyebrows, not one. <laughs> but in Shelley, I've... no, sorry, I had no idea who you are. <laughs> Shelley's long gone. Um, yeah, so he returns. He's been mortally wounded by the trees and dies whilst warning Ash that the trees will not let them escape. Uh, Ash goes to check on Linda, and she's possessed now. And uh, her and Cheryl start to taunt Ash. So just when you had one of them who was like reading people from under the floorboards, now it's two. Yeah, well, Cheryl gives another little read, which is, uh, killer if you can, lover boy. I, <laughs> I don't know why I make I that sound like... I love the lover boy line. Yeah. Killer if you can, lover boy. <laughs> Chris, why you make it sound like a drag queen? <laughs> I was, uh, well, I was going for Jessica Rabbit, but she um, <laughs> does not sound like Jessica Rabbit. Um, yeah, then they pretend they're back to normal. It's like you said, George, it is effective because, I mean, for Ash, it's probably believable because... I mean, he doesn't have a clue what the fuck's going on anyway. So the fact that they could have to normal is plausible at this point. Yeah. You know, yeah. Ash doesn't know he's in a horror film. So the audible <laughs> reading of the uh, Necronomicon. Well, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get to that part where it's this. But, it, you know, it's believable with Cheryl so much to the point that he puts his head to the floorboards and she grabs him by the throat. Uh, Linda starts spouting out her iconic tune, We're Gonna Get You. Um, exactly like that. Um, and yeah, it's it's iconic. It's absolutely iconic. Yeah, I like the fact that Linda looks more human. Yeah, like she hasn't gone full dead eye. No, she just looks kind of looks like. Do you know who she looks exactly like? There's an episode of The Simpsons where Homer's trying to come up with an invention. Oh, she does. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes up with the makeup gun yeah, and he shoots so. Marge in the face. And she's got that white makeup. Yes. Blue blue eyeshadow, rosy cheeks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She just looks she's got a bit too much makeup on. 
Yeah. Um, she's serving a look. She's in a, a, a nightgown. But it's, uh, yeah, I think it's a look. It's a yeah. nice one. Yeah. She's still got her hair. She has. Thankfully. She hasn't know, got one of those wigs. She hasn't got the uh, Vera Duckworth wig on just yet. <laughs> um, that's coming up, though. Bless her. Bless her out. Uh, Ash drags Linda outside, but after he goes back inside, she comes back and attacks him. But he stabs her with the dagger. He takes her to the shed and attempts to dismember her with a chainsaw. But he can't do it, so he buries her instead. This is a great scene yeah. when he's clamping her down mm. and yeah, the clamps are making such like, yeah. loud metallic sounds. The chainsaw aiming. In my head, it looks like he's being filmed by a spotlight because there's just that one light swinging yes. around. Yeah. It's such an atmospheric scene. Yeah. As I said about Bruce Campbell's emotive face, mm. that is really when he shines through and he's dripping with sweat and he's building up to this moment that he can't quite bring himself to do yeah um he was a real chainsaw that yeah. was very yeah, close yeah, yeah. to yeah. betsy blair's you can actually see so mm-hmm. when we get the close-up of the, the necklace um <laughs> you can actually see she's breathing quite heavy yeah because that that real chainsaw is very close did they not take the chain off the chainsaw that's a thing you can do right is oh i don't know yeah i don't think something oh. they did um no <laughs> Um, yeah, she comes back to life and attacks him, forcing him to decapitate her with a shovel. Uh, amazing shot of her flying towards him. One of my favourite shots in the film. It is just so ridiculous. It's spinning out it's of amazing. control, is it? It is. And you can almost hear the slide whistle going, Whoop. Yeah. <laughs> and she's finally been cursed by the evil bad wig demon. She has. She, she has. Bless her. Um, a headless body bleeds on his face and yeah, and attempts to sexually assault him, which is really weird. I've never got that from that scene, ever. Uh, but he escapes and retreats but to the knowing cabin. it beforehand, um, because I, I did a little bit of research before watching the film. Incredible. That's professional. I, I don't use, yeah, I was going to say, we don't usually do that. <laughs> I, I was looking we out. do by the way for listeners uh, I research all the time <laughs> I was looking out for that and it's only apparent if you're looking for it and yeah. it's not it's not you know it's nowhere near so I've never got what happens before. to Cheryl like nowhere even no, close no. Uh, back inside Ash discovers that Cheryl has escaped the cellar he goes into the basement to grab the shotgun shells and is covered in blood by a broken pipe uh, the amount of fake blood used in this film is crazy, and yet still not as much that was used in the reboot. They made it rain blood in the reboot. Yes, they did. They, it go, when he gets covered in blood with that pipe, which is a yeah. great moment, and it's proper full-on comedy at that moment. Yeah, like yeah. Ash getting covered. Oh, with the record starting to yeah. play as well, the slapstick music. Yeah, yeah. Um, they. Um, it rem- it makes me think again that they didn't have a shower on set. Yeah, and he, and he just yeah. had to, that's going in his face, and he was probably like that for a good few days. Yeah, there's different levels of like dryness as well. There is. I like, hope it's like caked on, or it's yeah. still a little gloopy, yeah. or it's. I hope that was near the end of shooting, like for everyone's sake. It must have stunk. Yeah, and I'm assuming the wardrobe department didn't have loads of spares of clothes or anything no. like that. No, I haven't seen. I'm, I'm assuming it was all. No, because Laura Strode cosplay was ruined. Was it all filmed in chronological order? I don't know. I don't know. Because a lot of films don't do that. I read I assume that, that yeah. yeah, they kind of, um, a lot of the actors had 
finished mm. and they still had a lot to do with just Bruce. Yeah, he did come back and do quite a, a few moments where yeah. it's just Bruce and then like, doubles with the wig. Doubles with the wig, which is, yeah, where yeah. the uh, the wigs come into it because they're not the actual actresses. Yeah, some of them are blatantly from the yes. back. Like just dummies or what I assume is a helium balloon on a stick yeah. at yeah. one point yeah. being hit with a, with a shovel. <laughs> Yeah, he goes back upstairs, uh, the cabin comes to life, the unseen force rushes towards him, the windows are opening and closing, the mirror turns to water, allowing him to put his hand through it. Did you say that he went to get the all-important gun from downstairs? He did get a gun, he did get a gun from downstairs. He fully tools up. Yeah. Um, Yeah, at this point, the cabin fever's clearly kicking in. Um, And I think this is where it would have been a lot more extended if it was the other version that goes on for the two hours. Because he's clearly losing his mind at this point. Uh, he then rediscovers the ugly necklace um, before Cheryl grabs him through a door and attempts to choke him. He escapes and shoots her in the jaw. She just wanted the necklace. She just wanted the necklace. <laughs> I want it. Uh, as Ash is barricading the door, Scott reanimates into a deadite and attacks him. This is another great shot. Yeah. When... I was thinking how there's, in, on the shot you've got the door taken at one half, you've got Ash fumbling around with the, he's bringing over like a cabinet to yeah. barricade the yeah. door and all of a sudden there's this negative space where Ash and that cabinet was and Scott just like bolts up right into it and it's the first time you see his dead wake up and he's yeah. right in your face. That's that's a great moment. Yeah, it's amazing. I think you have all of them as well. He, he, he's definitely one of the better looking deadites. Like, he, his makeup as well. I mean, they, they all look really good, mm. but I think... Well, let's be honest. A lot of the deadites are men dressed as women. Yeah. And therefore, you know, they have to get cheap-ass party city wigs. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. You know. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Was it in trivia? Yeah, like, um... The whole, the whole shemp, like Ted Raimi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, men dressed yeah, as women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, drag the, no, but I mean the other, the other. I'm not totally, it's not Juju being. <laughs> I know it's they're not, not drag queens. But you, I mean like the other scenes like Cheryl in the basement, was that actually the actress or was it? I think it's, I think, it's, I think, it, I think yes. it's when it's their face. It's yeah. Dead. Yeah. But when I it's things can, like hands yeah, and yeah. the back of their But I think you can definitely tell because there are, so like when the jump's happening from Linda, great shot, but that's not yeah. Betsy Blair doing no, that. No. You know, I think it's, I think the scarier imagery for me personally is when you can see the human behind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, particularly like Cheryl when she's first possessed, when you can see the actress, mm. um, I think it's scarier that yeah. way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Cheryl's head pointing through the, the mm. cellar is yeah. such an iconic image because yeah, exactly. it is their face. Yeah. Uh, Scott attacks Ash. He uh, knocks the Necronomicon close to the fireplace. Ash gouges Scott's eyes out and pulls a tree branch from Scott's stomach, causing him to bleed out and fall to the ground. Cheryl's back. Some have speculated that that tree branch was his cock. <laughs> and I think they, I think they just need to get out a little more. I did read that in the trivia. Wait, no, I thought you were just joking. No, people have actually said that. People thought he ripped his. Oh, cock stop off. it! Yeah. No, he <laughs> in his hip, is it not? Mm. Well, as a, it's a close. Hey, we've up, all seen the room. You know, genitals appear in weird places. Apparently, he tries to penetrate a stomach. Um, but so I mean, who knows? That's quite the niche reference. Thank you. <laughs> oh, if people listen to this podcast and they haven't seen the room, then it's, it's a problem. 
<laughs> I hope at least one person frantically pauses this now to go and watch Varun. Um, Cheryl breaks through the barricade and knocks Ash to the floor. As Scott and Cheryl continue to attack him, Ash grabs the Necronomicon and throws it into the fireplace. Uh, whilst the book burns, the deadites freeze in place then begin to rapidly decompose thanks to some mushy peas and some incredible stop motion that I just love. This is the money shot. Yeah. Really. They had like stop motion alongside live action. Yeah. I love seeing that in which, films in yeah. general and here it works. It's brilliant. so good. Um, yeah. And it grows. And like you say, it's mushy peas. It, yeah. We all know it's mushy peas, <laughs> but it still looks disgusting. Yeah. Mushy peas are disgusting. Well, it's debatable. Uh, well, it's not, it's not debatable. It's not up for debate. I would it, debate you on that. It, well, no, it, it, sorry. It was debated in the House of Commons. Do you trust everything that comes out of the House of Commons? All the Tories said that mushy peas are disgusting. Um, I liked how Cheryl was just kind of whacking him. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm, I'm not being funny, but like throughout the film, we've seen these deadites do a lot of, you know, bite their own hand off, scratching, you know, really bloody things. She's just there with the poker, like, yeah, smacking him. Hitting him on the back. He's taking far too long with that fucking necklace. Um, it, it does seem like there's a better way, as I say. Yeah. It's 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 a, it's a little round magnifying yeah. glass. It's got no purchase on anything. Uh, large hands burst from the corpses, covering ash in blood. More blood. How he really gets it. He's, he's covered at this point. The sun rises and he stumbles outside. As he walks away from the cabin, an unseen demon moves rapidly through the forest, rushes through the cabin, and attacks him from behind. Shut up, you. Don't make it from behind you. I was going to make it behind you. Bruce Campbell claimed that the final shot in this film, where Ash is attacked by a surviving demon, was achieved by from mounting behind. a camera from behind, mm. mounting a camera on a tripod, then mounting that tripod on a motorcycle, and driving it through the forest, through the cabin, and deliberately into Campbell, and he got some broken ribs from it. Oh no! Yeah, that's a dedication to. I know. And you don't even get to see him fall over from it. It's <laughs> oh, the footage must exist <laughs> somewhere. Um, that's the Evil Dead. I'm in point of view, getting run over yeah. by a motorcycle. <laughs> Is this a, the original fake out ending that was ignored in the sequel? It's not ignored in the sequel because it picks up from it that. Picks point. up. But I thought it re remakes. It does. It oh, remakes his dead eye ash in. Oh, yeah. I thought it was like a. Um, and his hands. I know what you did last summer situation. No, no, no. So they remade everything before that point. I'm misremembering Evil Dead Two. <laughs> it starts. It's just him and uh, him and Linda. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But Linda's a different actress. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's the Evil Dead. And that. I would just like to mention the credits because you get that oh, you get the Charleston yeah, again. Yeah, it's that jarring yeah. cut from the up to his face, and then you get the dun, 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 dun. yeah, it's and then that just slowly fades out to just a single fly buzzing around. Yeah, and it's such a great sound design of those credits. Yeah, but I could I a lot of films, and I'm sure we all do it. You just you just stop as soon as the films end. That I always end up watching all of the yeah. credits. That and uh, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, leave, leave the credits on. Oh yeah, no, of course, yeah. Sleepaway, Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> Sleepaway Camp Two, Sleepaway yes. Camp Three. Yeah. 
There's loads. Uh, but yeah, no, the credits are massively handled here with yeah. the sound design. And yeah, it's only Marvel where you have to scroll through the... You skip through. Just 100,000 people who have been part of them, you know. Yeah, that's the Evil Dead. That is the Evil... That is horror classic, the Evil Dead. Uh, I mean, what is that to be said that hasn't already been said? It is a game changer. I fully believe it's up there as one of the most influential horror films. I'm sure many have tried to imitate it time and time again and it just does it perfectly i can't i can't say it does it the best because evil dead 2 does it the best but it, it does it pretty damn perfectly yeah absolutely i think it's one of those films that um usually i would take issue with not having enough character development mm. not it can't be a horror classic because it hasn't got layers or anything like that but it's just one of those films it just balls to the wall Ickiness. you know horror yeah, yeah. Is this the first Cabin in the Woods film? You said it's very influential. No, I actually uh, Googled this earlier. Equinox. Equinox is named Equinox from 1970, yeah. which was a Cabin in the Woods film. But I think it was like a um, Ray Harryhausen style monster movie, but Cabin in the Woods. With demons, demons, demons in it. So apparently it was such. a big influence on this film. Okay. Um, I oh, thought the, the Criterion same. Collection, which I've, I was I very remember, surprised. I know of it from Criterion because it looks so. shite, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought the same though. I thought this was the first one I had to uh, do some research, but yeah, it's yeah inspired by this film that I now really need to see. It's immediately gone into the watch list. We're getting into the awards. Oh, awards season! <laughs> biggest queen, George, you're the guest. Who's your biggest queen? Um, Cheryl. And um, specifically, Deadite Cheryl. Yeah. Um, uh, no, Deadite Linda was serving way too hard <laughs> to not be biggest queen. I'm sorry. I'm glad she gets a nod. Yeah, and she she was giving me the mum from that '70s show. I always thought it was the same actress growing up. I always thought the 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 mum from that '70s show had been in Evil Dead. I've never thought I've never thought that, but I can 100 percent see why you yeah. would think that. Yeah. Uh, biggest gasp. Who's your biggest queen? Oh, my biggest. Oh, Cheryl. Yeah, Cheryl. Cheryl. Yeah, she tried to prevent everything from happening, and then she read everyone's filth under the floorboards. I mean, we can only. Stand. I think. Yeah, yeah. So exactly what it is, <laughs> and like the, just the head poking through is so yeah. iconic. I mean, yeah. Bashing Ash with a, a fire poker as well. Just <laughs> you know, we love a low effort queen. Um, biggest gasp. Give us nothing. <laughs> yeah. Biggest gas. I yeah. mean, it's got to be the tree. So, you say this. Now, you might want to tie this together. I, I was terribly unprofessional. And when I sent you the notes, I forgot to include nastiest moment. Would you put one and okay. two the same? No, yeah. right. Okay, so if... Nastiest moment. Which is a yeah. video nasty episode exclusive. Okay. Nastiest moment, then. If we do... Yeah, it's yeah. got to be the, the, the tree, right? It's, yeah. It is yeah. nasty. It is uncomfortable. Um, yeah, that's my nastiest. And it ticks well. so many boxes for the BBFC as well in terms yeah, of yeah, what a video yeah. nasty was. Oh, that one scene alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Is that your nastiest moment as well? That is my nastiest moment. The biggest gasp. Biggest gasp. So now I've got to frantically. I'll, I'll, I'll go, go first. Go first. I'm rewatching the entire. My, my film biggest gasp is pencil in foot. Yeah. Because as much as that scene did make me gasp, 
um, I could hand it over to Nasty's moment. And uh, the yeah, the, it's just nasty. The pen's sorting foot makes me cringe just talking about it. My biggest gasp was the necklace reveal. Like, <laughs> oh, dear God, what is that? No, it's the pencil. The pencil always has been, always yeah. very much stayed with me. I hate it. Um, I'd probably agree with you on the pencil, but yeah. um, I'd like to mention the eye gouging scene. Yes. Ooh, well, yeah, yeah. Because those things pop. Yeah, and kind they go, of satisfying. It is no, very, very, satisfying, but it very is a bit. <laughs> it's kind of like I feel my head turning away, but my yeah. eyes staying with it. Well, I suppose you can imagine that as well. Mm. You know, the the ones yeah. that really yeah. get to you are the ones that you can imagine how that because we've all sort of like had a bash to the eye and yeah. you know knocked ourselves around that area. Yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah. Bit fucking. I'd love a dessert that went did that. If you put your spoon in your pot. I'm pretty yeah. sure Heston Blumenthal did a bubble wrap oh, thing that you popped your like, yogurt. It's not just a screwball. Nice. Can I pop that up from the bottom? That's the best thing I think. Yeah. Best dialogue? Killer if you can, lover boy. Mine is, of course, shut it off. Uh, I'm, I'm not doing the full impression again. Yes, you are. Shut it off. <laughs> Low effort impression. Your favourite dialogue? I'm just. I'm gonna commit, aren't I? Oh, I'm go on, fully then. Commit. go on, then. commit, commit. We're gonna get you. We're gonna get you. Not another peep. Time to go to sleep. Thank you. Very nice. Very nice. Available on it's, iTunes. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's one of those chilly things. Yeah. I feel myself. I find myself quoting that far too regularly. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Just like, just don't know. <laughs> We're gonna get you. And if you don't, oh, but also, but dinner. also, party down. Party I can't down. remember what the speech is. Down. What's the speech he makes? Yeah, I, I wish I'd written it down. Shit I, went, I went to write it down, and then I was like, I'll Google what he says afterwards, <laughs> and then I completely forgot. And finally, the award for that's camp. I have got Cheryl's possessed drawing. Okay. I I couldn't choose just one. I've got that kick, the <laughs> campest kick, and also just the incredible array of wigs. I mean, Raquel Welsh would be jealous. <laughs> just so, wigs, wigs. There's a moment just before the kick, which I notice more when Ash gets either punched or yeah. hit and he gets punched into a cabinet <laughs> and he kind of almost does like a full 360 spin <laughs> into the cabinet and then carries on spinning through the cabinet <laughs> which is what like certifies uh like bruce campbell as this like um emotive physical actor yeah. like he he doesn't let up even when just getting pushed into a cabinet yeah that is a great great moment and a death drop finish <laughs> split <laughs> and uh well not well yeah fine kind of finally i mean you know you, you listen to the podcast you know ratings i give it 10 gallons of demon mouth spunk out of 10 i gave it nine poundland store necklaces out of 10 i i gave it 10 necronomicons out of 10 nice and masterpiece trash to piece trash or basic masterpiece it's a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. I only give it 9 out of 10. Just the, the tree scene. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, it's available on DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, and video on demand, if by some chance you haven't seen it. Uh, VHS. V- yeah. Loads of VHS. Yeah. Loads. eBay. As much as they tried to ban it. Yeah, yeah, VHS yeah. Is it. Get, uh, it's kind of one of those films that deserves VHS. It does, yeah. it does. You know, it, it needs that graininess and, yeah. and such. If you enjoyed this, I recommend checking out Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder from Hal, also known as the Japanese Evil Dead. Yes. What was that? Write that down. <laughs> Bloody Remember Muscle Bodybuilder it. from Hal. It's amazing. It's been released on Shudder this month, actually. Bloody... I think it's already on Amazon Prime. Okay. I saw it on Amazon Prime... Recently, yeah, bloody Hold muscle bodybuilder from hell. I will be checking that out. And available on Blu-ray, Visual Vengeance. Yeah, yeah. I think that's America though. Um, if you enjoyed Evil Dead, I recommend checking out Demons. If you like incredibly bloody films with little character development, it's your thing. Watch it in Italian. I also thought of Demons mm, as yeah. a as a reference. Um, also, just another completely like basic one. I really like. I had a little look around my room to try and uh, find some, but only two. But like, I mean, they're both obvious sayings. But like, cabin in the woods, yeah, um, yeah. cabin fever. Mm. Like, they're, they're... hey, there's some great nods Equinox, to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's some great nods to Evil Dead in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Uh, if you look really closely, um, yeah, fantastic film. Also, uh, Quick and the Dead. Uh, well, yeah, apparently so. Apparently so. I, yeah. I mean, I was going to ask you to plug your social media, but if you want to carry on plugging the quick and dead. <laughs> um, but yeah, also Christmas on the Square. If um, you like yeah. Evil Dead, watch Christmas and on the Ghost Square. Watch, and Ghost Watch, Ghost Watch, definitely. <laughs> but yes, that has been Evil Dead, and we've been Horrible Trash Ever. We are on uh, Facebook and Instagram's Horrible Trash Ever, Horrible Trash on Twitter. Give us a rate review and subscribe on iTunes. Like a follow on everything else. I'm appropriately. I'm Deadite Gaz ninety two on Letterbox. Oh. <laughs> Gazmo two hundred five on Instagram. Gaz Chris ninety two on Twitter. I am inappropriately Chris Barker eight two three on Letterboxd and Instagram. It's true. We've all seen the videos. Um and George. Um yeah. Um and I'm just on Instagram as Tipsy T I P S Y underscore Flicks F L I X. And can we have a reminder of the name of the beer again? It was uh, Rivington Brewery with Pomona Island Brewery, uh, just called The Evil Dead. It was a raspberry and blackberry oat IPA. Delicious. Very limited release. If you can find it, um, I would highly recommend picking one up. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. It's been a pleasure having you on and discussing this amazing film with you and our first guest in the film room. This has been a lot of fun. It's a fucking furnace though at the moment, isn't it? Very warm, (laughs) very warm. Uh, And we'll be back next week with, embrace yourselves for this one, Night of the Motherfucking Bloody Apes. Um. Okay, I was expecting better reaction from you two. From oh, what do you expect? <laughs> George, oh have you seen God. that? I've, I've not seen it. Oh, my God. Go yeah. back to when you gave me the list. Yeah. There were yeah. some titles on it when I thought, I might just pick that because I want to see it for title alone. And this is, that's one of them. So I might I might watch it. There's Dodgy Doctors, Mexican Wrestling, uh, Terrible Makeup, Transitions. It's everything. It's absolutely everything. And to discuss this classic, we'll be joined by returning guest Luke Poulton, who you may have seen on TikTok as Vegan Luke. And if not, then go and watch his videos before next week's episode.
and go and watch Night of the Bloody Apes before next week's episode. And Quicker My Dead. And The Quick and the Dead. And Christmas on the Square and Ghost Watch. <laughs> Don't watch Christmas on the Square, it's far too early. Mario Carey would be. If you had a chance, you, if you had a chance, you'd be watching it right now. No. Instead, go listen to our episode on Christmas on the Square. Yes, yeah, yeah, do that. Uh, you'll expect George back on the Quick and the Dead episode at some point in the future. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be back, same time, same place, on Tuesday. Bye. Bye.